I have a word I want to share with you today. Intercessory evangelism. Intercessory prayer. Praying for the move of God in our time. The word of God said in in Isaiah 60, Arise, shine, for your light has come. The word arise means to be awakened. And the word shine means to sparkle, to gleam or to to blaze. Your light has come to speed up, to contemporary obtaining circumstances. What are the circumstances surrounding us now? Verse 2 says, See, darkness surrounds the earth. Thick darkness covers the people. But the Lord rises upon you. There is a darkness that is around us. Look at the peop- the state of the United Kingdom today. I was listening to the news this morning having breakfast. How the, the news people said the Queen, Her Majesty, has managed to capture the mood of the United Kingdom. It was a birthday, I believe, yesterday or the day before. And they said, the king said, the queen said, the mood in the nation is somber. That's the mood in the nation. It's not celebrated. People are, ah. The general mood in the nation is, ah. Nobody is happy. There's, there's, there's like a, people on edge. It won't take long if someone uh, organizes people to demonstrate. People are frustrated. There's, it will just, a little push, people can get and end up in riots. There is a darkness, my friends. There is a darkness. There is a darkness. And the word of God is saying in Isaiah 60 verse 2, see darkness covers the earth. God is expecting us to see what is obtaining. What are the current contemporary circumstances? How are things in the world? God is asking us to see. Oh, it's unfortunate when the elders of the church are asleep and they cannot see what God wants them to see. It is a sad day when pastors are asleep and they cannot see the darkness obtaining at a particular time. It is a sad moment when church becomes Christmas, where we only go because we have needs, where we go because we want to receive from God. Where is the difference with little children? If us, all grown men, all grown women, all we know of God is what God can do for us. Our relationship with God is based on what God can give us. What a shame. What an embarrassment. People with qualifications and professionals who have come to church as Christians, but their only understanding of God is the things they get from God, is what they will benefit from God. That is why, my friends, relationships don't work today. It's because people go into relationships expecting to receive. That's why people are unhappy in marriages. Because they they want to be always on the receiving side. You will not be happy. You will die unhappy. You will go to an old people's home unhappy. Because your very objectivity, the very reason you went into a relationship is skewed and wrong. You will leave this church. You will go to the next church and leave that church too. And go to another. You will not be happy because it is your mentality which is wrong. You're wanting only to get. When we come with an attitude of giving, oh, every place is a good place. That's why you can arrive at a place where people live in a house, in a hut with, 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 with grass, and you can still be happy. It's because you came to give there. 
You bring your own food. You arrive and say, I've come to visit. But you brought your own bread. You brought your own meat. And you stay there for the weekend. And you enjoy your time at the raw place. And you come back and say, we must go back again. The difference is it's in your mind. You went there to give. If you go to get, you will not enjoy anything. You will not enjoy your stay there. I pray that as we go into the mission that God is calling us, that our attitude is not to get anything from God, is not to benefit anything from God, is not to receive anything from God, but our attitude is to give and to serve and to be of use to God. I pray that each of us, as we go into this season, we will open our eyes like the Bible says and see the darkness that covers the people. Thick darkness that covers the earth. Intercessory evangelism is where you are ignited in response to the thick darkness that is in verse 2. You are ignited in response. When you see something, you know, like I, I heard about um, the fire in London, how Boris Johnson's sister, how she saw the two girls running out of the house, you know, with night is only, and then they, they were running they're saying, no, I was with my mom. We were with mom, but we can't see mom. We can't see mom. And she went there herself in the 90s also and said, what? And she's looking for it. Then at some point she remembered, I don't know the woman I'm looking for. But her first response was, let's go and find her. And she was looking. She looked for quite a while. Only later on realizing, I don't know who the person I'm looking for. I like that kind of attitude. To say I must do something. Not to sit back and hope someone else will do it. Something will. No child of God. That shall not be our portion. We will rise to the task. We shall be equal to what God wants us to be. Even myself my friends. I am declaring before you my friends. Even at my advanced age of 50. I am a strong man. If God has something for me to do. I am equal to the task. I am willing and able to go where God will send me. To do what God wants me to do. His will will be established in my life. God's will will be established in my life. I am here to give my life. I am here to spend my life. And to be spent also myself. Not only am I willing to spend. I am willing to be spent. That is me. I am willing to be spent. Not only do I want to spend. I want to be spent myself. In pursuit of God's will. I am ignited to respond to the darkness that is around me. When she asked, what does mom look like? They described for it. They went everywhere until it was five o'clock. Says we can't find it. Let's go and bath. I have a house near here. They went to a house. They bathed. She gave them her clothes. They said we have an exam today. She says, how can you sit an exam when you haven't even found your mother? How can you sit in exam? Says, but mom said education was everything. Mom said, when you are not white in this place, you need an education. Mom said, if you are not a white person, you need school, you need a qualification. Maybe mom is in hospital. She says, what is the name, full name for mom? And they gave her the full name for mom. 
She gave them clothes. They went to sit their chemistry examination, these girls, without knowing where their mother is. I pray for people who give strangers clothes and drive them to school, a school they don't even, they have never been to, and say, I'm bringing these children. For now, I'm their guardian. What are their sentences? By the way, what is your surname? They spend the night at my house, but I don't even know their surname. Rising to the occasion. Rising to the occasion. Intercessory prayer that responds to the thick darkness that is in verse 2. I pray that we will be ignited to respond to the darkness around us. Oh church, I, I'm, I'm saying to you, I am praying that you respond to the thick darkness that surrounds you. We should be ignited to the darkness that cannot be lit by a human hand. Darkness which only God can, can bring light. We should be ignited by a person to do what God wants done. The verse of the year has become prophetic at international level. There's a woman who, who blesses me in the Bible. One of my favorite women in the whole Holy Bible. The woman who goes by the name Hannah. She's found in 1 Samuel chapter 1. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 1, there was a certain man from Ramathiam, a Zophite, from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, the son of Jehoram, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, an Ephraimite. He had two wives. One was called Hannah and the other was called Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had none. Year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of meat to his wife Penina and to all his sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her. And the Lord had closed her womb. Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her until she wept and would not eat. Her husband Elkanah would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean to you more than ten sons? This man called Elkanah, the Bible in verse 1 and verse 2 gives us a lot of information about him. But we don't hear anything else that he did in the Bible except being husband to, to Hannah. There are some people who God brings in our lives only to facilitate what God wants to do later. The, these people are, are tools that God uses. They may not be as gifted as you. They may not be as gifted as the people they will produce or the, the person you will become. But God brings them around you. Don't, 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 uh, don't despise people that are around you. Even if they don't have many gifts. Even if they don't have much to talk about. Because they may have a role to play to get you where God wants you to be. I, I hope you're hearing what I'm saying. Not everyone is as smart as you. Not everyone sees the world from your, from your point of view. Not everyone should agree with you. But God brings people around you. And he brings them for a reason. He, he has something. He wants to give birth. 
And so he uses Elkanah because he is the man who must wife Hannah for Hannah to get pregnant. So God brings people around you. Don't despise them. Even if they don't see the same way you see things. They are Elkanahs. They may not even do anything after they have just wifed you. That's okay. Nothing wrong with that. They've done their duty. They're called Elkanah. That's their name. Elkanah was religious and loyal to the worship of God. The Bible says year after year he went to Shiloh. These people, while they are with you, they are loyal. They do what needs to be done. They, they are there. They are there for you. They are not like you. They are not gifted like you. They won't see things the way you see things. But while they are with you, they are as efficient as a Swiss watch. Year after year, he went to the place called Shiloh where he worshipped God. Verse 4 is almost incongruous. It does not fit in with the whole narrative. It says, end of verse 3 actually, it says, where Hophni and Phineas, the two sons of Eli were priests, of the Lord. That passage of the scripture does not fit in with everything which we are being told. It's almost like a throw in. What God is telling us is telling us of a season when this is happening. This is supposed for, to, to help us remember. You know like my mother, we celebrate her birthday on the 7th of July. But really we don't know her birthday. Her family used to say the year when this happened that's the year she was born. So that's, that's how we calculated the year which mom was born. But then we just picked a random date in the year and a random month. But the way we knew her birth year was the year which something happened which her family told us. And the Bible is saying when these things are happening, sons of Eli, Hophni and Phineas were priests at Shiloh. Anna represents the church today. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed the mouth, verse 12. Hannah was praying in her heart and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and she say, he said to her, put away your wine. Not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Now, Elkanah has two wives. The other one doesn't need to have sex with you. He just looks at you and she pops a pregnancy. She, she is so fertile. She, she produces children like rats. Hannah, she can have sex with her husband all day and all night. No, nothing. And Hannah gets desperate. Only desperate people move the heart of God. Only desperate people move the hearts of God. All the children of Penina, no matter how many they are, there is not even one of them mentioned by name in the Bible. We just said there were many, that's all. There were many for nothing. Together with their mother. Nothing. They did nothing. They were just many, full stop. Anna produces one. And we know about him. I'm speaking to somebody here who is grieving. Somebody who is crying out to God. Somebody with passion. Somebody with fire in their stomach. These are people who make things happen. Even if it's in a company. These are the people who make the company move. 
people with passion. Whether you are starting a small corner shop, it is people with passion who grow one corner shop into two corner shops, into three corner shops, into four corner shops, into a small supermarket, into two supermarkets, into a chain of supermarkets. It is people with something in their belly. Not someone who must be told every time what time to start work. When I used to work in a secular job, officially I started work at seven. Not a single day did I arrive late. Not a single day. I always got there well ahead of time. And I was supposed to finish at 4.30. I always worked until 5.30 or 6. Not for overtime. Because I was passionate. I was passionate. And so when it came to getting company cars, there, was, there were no votes. You knew who would get the car. The car, car company buys new cars. The, the boss would just call your name. EK, there's your, your keys. People senior than you hate you. And they think, no, he's still a trainee. How come he got the car? It's the passion. The owners of the company say that you have passion. Your, work, your, the, your workplace will recognize passion if you have passion. This church will recognize you if you have passion. Your, your company, your husband, your wife, your children, your parents, they will see every parent with more than one child will know which among my children has passion. When they clean, it's like as if they don't want that place to be used again. The place gets so clean, so clean, it's difficult to want to use again. Do I have parents in the house? Can you notice this difference? They are, they, there is a child in your house amongst your children. When they clean, even you, the parent, you, you, are, you are embarrassed to use the place. You are afraid to make it dead. Because the child has cleaned it so well. It's called passion. Passion. I pray that there will be a Hannah in this place. A Hannah, a woman with passion. The Bible says that other woman, Penina, used to provoke her and make her cry. It's possible that no matter how passionate you are, some people will make you cry. They will get maximum joy when they see you cry. They have something to say on social media when they see you cry. There is a, a warped type of joy, a skewed type of entertainment they get when you cry. Their name is called Penina. All they do is provoke you as they did to Hannah. Don't worry about those people. Keep your passion. Keep your passion, your fire alive. Hannah would go faithfully to worship. Her husband loved her. The Bible says, Elkanah says, why do you keep crying? Why do, do you let this woman make you cry? See, I give you double portion. What I give here, I give you times two. Am I not worth more than ten sons to you? Hannah says, I want my own. I want my own baby. I want my own baby. Yes, you love me. And I appreciate your love. And I appreciate your gift. Yet I want my own child. I want my own child. And she would go and cry out to God. And cry out to God. Oh, the Bible says, Pastor Kumalo, she cried until she couldn't speak anymore. How many of us have prayed until we couldn't pray anymore? When all we did was, was open our mouth before God and we couldn't pronounce anything. 
Have you ever been that desperate? I'm talking about praying, my friends, where others will pray and go, and you'll still be there at the altar. You'll still be there. God of Abraham, God of Isaac. When everyone goes, you're still there. When it's time to pray for Sadza, you forget you were praying for Sadza. You join with other things. Because you're so passionate, things can go sometimes to a point where you need to have a fire in your belly for them to be resolved. And Hannah prayed and prayed. When the church was finished and everyone had gone, Hannah stayed. Hannah stayed. Hannah stayed. Hannah stayed in the presence of God. There is power in the people who stay. Haven't you read about another one called Joshua? How he would go with Moses in the house of the Lord. And when they went into the house of the Lord and Moses had finished whatever he was doing, Moses would go back and you know what the Bible says? Joshua stayed. Joshua stayed. God was speaking to to Moses and Joshua was just an assistant. Just being there. And God finishes talking to Joshua, to Moses. Moses goes out of the tabernacle. But the Bible says Joshua stayed. He lingered in the house of assembly. Oh, may we linger, I pray in Jesus' name. May we be a people that linger in his presence. May we be a people that linger in the presence of God. Hang in there. Hannah was hanging in there. She hung in there. Even the pastor didn't like it. The pastor didn't like it. The pastor was called Eli. He didn't like it. He says, I've marked you. That's what the old King James Version says. He says, I've marked you. Your Bible, Pastor Felix. He says, I've marked you. The pastor marked it. You know, the pastor marking people. He says, I've marked you. This is not your first time. I've seen you a few times. The church gets finished. Everyone goes, you stay here. And it's not because you love God very much. I know. You are a bit tipsy. Because I've been trying to listen to your prayer. I can't even hear anything myself. I can see your lips moving. And I can see your tears. And I know you are a bit tipsy. If I were to say this to you, Nikki, this would be the last time we see you in this church. Write your resignation letter. Thank you, ILC. God bless you. Hope you make it to heaven. You think you're the only church? I found another one with more love. Pastor called me drunk. Me drunk. Eli said to the woman, you are drunk. You know what Hannah said to her? She says, yes, boss. Yes, my Lord. I am drunk. I am drunk with anguish. I am drunk with pain. I am drunk with grief. I am drunk. Yes, man of God, I am drunk. I am angry with myself. I am calling on God. I am saying, God, visit my womb, O Lord. I am drunk. I am drunk, yes, but drunk with anguish and grief. I pray that there is fire in us. Fire. Fire. So much fire we can't get offended. So much fire we can't get offended. If you can get offended, your fire is not strong enough. And the priest says, go in peace and may God grant you your desire. This pastor doesn't even take time to worry about what this woman is saying. He says, what did you say? He says, all I want is a child. That's all I'm asking for, a baby. Is that too much, man of God? And you know what Eli says? Go. Go. Go.
go. He doesn't say too many things. Go. All the priest wanted was this woman to leave the place. Go. And the God of Israel grant you a desire. There is a priesthood anointing upon the men of God. Upon the pastors in the house. We should respect that priestly anointing. When they pray, when they speak, even the things that they speak in very few words, those are powerful things. Those are powerful things. You heard Love More was told, your place is here working in Overhampton. He says, I respect your anointing everything, but I don't think Overhampton is for me. I live in the city. Not in this rural place, you know, Overhampton. What is Overhampton? But where is he today? The Bible says in verse 22 of chapter 2, verse 12, Eli's sons were scoundrels. They had no regard for God. God is asking us to see our circumstances right now where people have become scoundrels with no regard for God. When Hannah prayed, her prayer was a prayer for God to intervene in a dark situation where a nation was. Where the people who were supposed to be representing God were scoundrels. What is a scoundrel? Find scoundrel for me on, on Google. What does scoundrel mean? What is a scoundrel? Nobody knows what scoundrel is. A scoundrel. I think it's somebody like a, a crook. Yes. A dishonest person. A double-tongued person. That's a scoundrel. Maybe some of you know somebody like that. They say one thing and mean another thing. When they speak, you need a dictionary. Yes, Holy Spirit dictionary to know what they're saying. Because what they're saying is not what they mean. Sons of Eli were scoundrels. And Hannah is praying for God to intervene. That is what God is calling ILC to do right now. There's so many things happening around us. And it is our duty to pray. For a Samuel. Pray for a Samuel. Pray for a Samuel. In these days where church has become lukewarm. In these days where Christians find it fine to still serve God and to be in the world. No shame, no embarrassment. They use witchcraft. They use juju and still serve God. They go clubbing and they also dance for Jesus. God is praying, asking for us to pray for Samuel. Because the sons of Eli are scoundrels. Verse 7 says, The sin of the young men was very great in the sight of the Lord, for they were treating the Lord's offering with contempt. Did you see that? Verse 17. The sin of the sons of Eli was so bad, it was offending even God. The sin of the young men was very great in the eyes of the Lord, for they were treating the Lord's offering with contempt. Whatever has been given to the house of the Lord, it was being treated. What is contempt? Less important. It's just offering. It's just money. Those days people used to bring animals and they were treating them with contempt. The Bible says they were choosing the nice ones and having a bribe. God was displeased with that. Even the money which comes here, my friends, when we bring it here, that money becomes special. 
Did you hear what I said? The money which we bring here becomes special. It remains a 10 pound note or a 20 pound note, but it's not like the other 20 pound note in your pocket. People can't be going there to get change. To say, hey, 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 Elder John, yeah, while you're counting the offerings, can I have two fives? You, you can't do that. You can't do that. You cannot do that. This money becomes sacred, set apart for the Lord. While it's in your pocket, you can, you can go and offer and change to everyone you want. Once we have given it to the Lord, it's the Lord's. Even when we give, you can't say, I've got 20, I want to give 10. So you put 20 and you pick another 10. You can't do that. You cannot do that. That is disrespectful to the Lord. Are you listening to me, Judge? Whatever we're giving, we must not give it with contempt. To contempt is to, to look down upon something. To consider it unimportant. To consider it regular. When someone's in the front here and Felix says, he's the MC, says, let's raise our hands to the Lord. Don't say, ah, Felix. He is not Felix anymore. We need to learn to respect the things of God. These are holy, sacred things. No wonder we have so many things that are going wrong in us, in our lives. It's because we have treated God's things with contempt. When it's time to clap our hands, let's put our hands together for the Lord. Why don't you clap those hands of yours? What's so special about your hands? Which you can't clap them for the Lord. Before you came to this country, you used to clap them for dead people. And which doctors... They used to do also. Now you can't clap those hands for the Lord. You are treating the service of the Lord with contempt. You will reap, my friends, these things. I'm not cursing anybody. The Bible says you reap what you sow. If you go to work, when payday comes, you get paid. It's not a case. You reap what you sow. If you go around kicking people, you will be kicked too. You reap what you sow. If you go around smiling at people, people will smile at you too. If you go around hugging people, people will hug you too. Now I'm not getting any amens anymore. Sons of Hophni, Phineas. Treating God's things with contempt. It's not right. It is not right. The Bible says in verse 23, and Eli was very old. He had everything that his sons were doing. And all Israel, how they slept with women. Who served at the entrance of the tent of meeting. So Eli said to them, why do you do those things? I hear from all the people about these wicked deeds of yours. No, my sons, the report I hear spreading among the people of God is not good. If one person sins against God, God may mediate for the offender. But if anyone sins against the Lord, who will be their solicitor? Who will defend you if you offend God? If, I, if you and I offend each other, one of us will, will go and cry out to God and God will intervene and he will bring peace. What about if you offend God? Who then becomes your solicitor? Those are the words of Eli. Wise words. It is this circumstance where Hannah prays a Samuel into that situation. Hannah is praying a Samuel to come and infiltrate and change the circumstance. 
I know he's praying here, passion in your belly is to produce a Samuel who will effect change. To produce a Samuel. I am calling us as a church to pray for a Samuel. A ministry in this church, a passion in this church which will change everything. A passion so strong will change the texture of how church is done in this country. In Jesus' name. And the Bible says when the man of God prayed and says, go and the Lord grant you a desire. Hannah went home and the Bible says as, as she left, she smiled. And as she smiled, she knew that God has done it. Even before she had slept with her husband, she knew God had done it. That's called faith, my friends. That is called faith. That is called faith. She was already happy that God has done it. And she walked away happy. Faith is is the accepting that God has heard my prayer. And acting as if the thing for which you are praying is already here. That, my friend, is faith. The substance of things not yet seen. The evidence of things hoped for. So I go away as if the thing has happened. There is such a thing called faith. You prepare for it. You trust God that God will bring it. I'm believing God for Samuel. A new passion in this church. I don't even know through whom it will come. But I know some people among you will be so passionate for God. You will do great things for God. God will do fantastic things in our midst. God will change the geography of this place. And the Samuels will be born. And they will change. In chapter 3 verse 1. I'm finishing off now. The Bible says Samuel ministered before the Lord. Well, Hannah go home, gets pregnant, and she brings that son back to the house of the Lord. And she gives him to the priest. She brings a boo, a three-year-old boo, and a, a, a basket of flour, and some barley. And she, she, she goes to the man of God and says, man of God, do you remember me? He says, oh, I don't know, woman. So many women come to this church. Who are you? He says, I'm that woman you call drunk. And you said, go. And the God of Israel grant you a desire. Well, God granted me that desire which I had that day. Oh, let's thank God. No, 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 no. We're not coming here for things. I'm coming for this child to be dedicated. Oh, bring a child over. And so he takes the child. And he dedicates that child to the Lord. And then says, woman, I've brought a boo. And I've brought flour as my gift and my offering to the Lord. And I'm leaving him here. Have you talked with your husband? I've talked with my husband. And he says, it's okay. And he says, call your husband. And Elkanah is called. And Eli prophesies another second prophecy. Says, may God give you more children. May God give you more children. May God give you more children. To replace the one which you have given to the Lord. No, I didn't mean... She said... (laughs) <laughs> may God give you a Samuel city a Samuel it could be your own biological child it could be someone you will bring to faith may God bring a Samuel and you bring that Samuel here and you say dad this is my Samuel and you'll bring him here and you'll kneel down and I'll pray for him and you'll bring your gift your flower and your be a checkbook, but you bring your gift and I'll receive it. 
and say he is for the Lord all the days of his life. He will go to school here. He will belong here. This is his new house. This is his new home. From that day, Samuel changed his postcode. He became a resident of Eli's house. The Bible says in Samuel chapter 3 verse 1, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. What kind of a time is this when God's word is rare? The King James Version says it was precious. You hardly heard God's word. Hardly heard God's word. There were not many visions. Do you see that? In verse 1. There were not many visions. That's the circumstance in which Hannah is giving birth. In a time when God's word is rare. And there are not many visions. I'm praying for you to give birth today in Jesus' name. This word even goes to the girls, Sharon. Yes, you can give birth spiritually. Sheila, you can give birth spiritually to something that will live beyond you. When Hannah prayed, little did she know she would define the course of Israel as a nation. Up until today, no man made such an impact on the nation of Israel like Samuel did. And there's a little boy, he's now living in the man of God's house. And the Bible says at night, he had a voice calling, Samuel, Samuel, Samuel. And he ran to Eli. And he woke him up, he says, don't you calling me in your sleep? He says, no, I didn't call you, go back to sleep. And he went back to sleep. The voice came again, Samuel, Samuel, you called me, dad? He says, no, lad. I didn't call you. But Eli remembers. Because Eli knows God calls. (laughs) Eli knows that God is a God who speaks to his people. He says, my boy, it is the Lord who is calling you. If you hear that voice again, you must respond. Say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. So Samuel goes back to his bed. I don't think he slept this time. He is now waiting and listening for the voice to speak again. And the voice calls again, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel says, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. God says to Samuel, listen, Samuel. I am going to do things which when the ears hear, the things that I'm going to do, their ears will tingle. You, you look for something to, to clear. It will be painful like when the airplane is, 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 uh, is landing. Any of you ever had that experience where you struggle with your ears? And God says to Samuel, to the people who will hear what I'm telling you, their ears will, will tingle. I am doing something special. I am changing the course of history. And Samuel hears all the things that God is planning and he sleeps. In the morning, guess who wakes up first? It's Eli. He knew God had spoken last night. And he goes to the boy. Boy, when the voice came again, 
what did you hear? He says, oh, nothing. He says, don't lie to me. Don't lie to me. Tell me what you heard. Eli knew God had spoken. We are the Eli's of our time. I'm talking of myself. We are the older guys. I'm praying for a new generation of youngsters who hear the voice of God. Youngsters who say, last night God spoke to me, pastor. God is speaking in this place. Boys who are not familiar with the things of the world more than they are with the things of God. You cannot be equally fashionable in the world and be fashionable again in the things of God. You, you can't be a, an expert in both. Girls, you can't be the hottest girl again there and be the most powerful woman of God here. One person. One person. All the other girls in the street say you are the hottest there. And here you are the holiest. It can't. I'm praying for a Samuel. I'm praying for a a new generation that hears what God is saying. A new generation that hears the things that God is saying. In the scarcity of divine voice, God speaks to Samuel. In that time, when the, the voice of God was rare, God speaks to Samuel. Even in the darkness of the time we're living in, God will speak to us. God will speak to us. God is speaking right now to us. God is speaking right now to this congregation. God is speaking to us, my friends. God is speaking to this church. Even our being selected to be the prayer hub for this uh, great event, it is God speaking. It is God who is speaking. Because in terms of age, we are the youngest church here. We are very young in terms of how long we've been around. We are like little Samuel. But God is speaking. I said, God is speaking. In your families, God speaks. What is God saying in your family? What is God saying when you gather together as a family and you join hands to pray? What is God saying? God is a God who speaks. Samuel is the most famous of all the judges of Israel. And the Bible says, during the time when he judged Israel, he judged Israel, and the Bible says, the Philistines were subdued, and they stopped invading Israel's territory. Throughout Samuel's lifetime, the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines. The towns from Ekron to Gath that the Philistines had captured from Israel were restored to Israel. And Israel delivered the neighboring territory from the hands of the Philistines. And there was peace between Israel and the Amorites. And Samuel continued as Israel's leader for all the days of his life. The first king to be anointed as king was Saul. He was ordained by Samuel. The second king was ordained was David. And he was ordained by Samuel. All coming as a direct result of a woman who prayed. A woman who had a passion. A woman who thought she could change the course of history by praying. By just praying. Could it be we talk too much more than we pray? There was a woman called Sarah. And her husband got an African woman called Hagar. 
and Hagar got pregnant. And this woman called Sarah struggled to get pregnant and couldn't get pregnant. And the woman called Hagar was showing off to her boss. And Sarah went to her husband and said, see what Hagar is doing. She is showing off to me. And yet I'm your first wife. And here, Abraham was also not very fair because he liked this one who had a child. Sarah complained to God and said, look at what Abraham is doing. And God spoke to Abraham and said, Abraham, get rid of Hagar. And Abraham said, Lord, I'll tell you in the morning. I'll get rid of you in the morning. God says to Abraham, she is going now. She is going now in the middle of the night. Abraham said, but it's, it's in the night, sir. Can she go in the morning? God said, no. She is going now. That's how Hagar was chased out of that house. There's power in prayer. There's power in prayer. Prayer changes things that you fail to change by yourself. I'm praying for the anointing of Hannah to be upon us. To be able to pray into politics. This woman prayed and produced the next political leader of Israel, a man called Samuel.